0: Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this series, we're examining every single goddamn page of Alien Hunger, a quick-start adventure for Vampire the Masquerade, to determine what is the dumbest thing on that page. Every episode is one page. Every episode is short. If you'd like to play along at home, this is 1991's Alien Hunger, the official PDF release from White Wolf. Tonight, we're discussing page 11 of Alien Hunger, and I am so excited for this one. This is where the adventure and the season really begins, I think, because we talked a little bit yesterday about the player characters in this adventure. We've talked about what this adventure is for. You know, it's a quick start to introduce people to the world of Vampire the Masquerade, but that world is the point. Say what you will about early White Wolf, and and I certainly will for the next eight weeks or so, but no one ever accused them of being insufficiently up their own ass about their setting. To me, the whole key of Vampire's Appeal is the world of darkness itself, and especially the idea of of a goth-punk world. So that's goth-punk, hyphen just kind of a blend of what White Wolf realized presciently would be the major innovative creative musical forces going into the 1990s in popular culture. Goth and punk, the twin pillars of Vampire the Masquerade's bulletproof cultural relevance. I'm kidding, of course. What actually happened is that 1991 turned into 1992, and then 3, and then 4. Over which time, other younger Spryer genres give us such albums as Nirvana's Nevermind, Pearl Jam's 10, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, we had Enter Wu-Tang, we had Automatic for the People, and uh, meanwhile, on the punk side, uh, you know, we had uh, Dookie, lowercase d. I'm not even talking about Green Day. It's a general appraisal. I grant you The Cure kind of peaked in, like, 1993. The Crow comes out in 1994. Goth made it to about the middle of the decade. And then we get into Marilyn Manson, who, like, even people who owned Ankh Jewelry thought Marilyn Manson's a little bit of a tryhard. Anyway, forget all that. It's 1991. Goth and punk are going to live forever. And so White Wolf reimagined the world that we live in as a darker, edgier, grittier version of itself, the world of darkness, defined by the goth punk aesthetic. So, like, you may initially think that your campaign is set in Los Angeles, but it's not exactly. It's set in goth punk Los Angeles. In this Los Angeles, they still have those miserable malls where all the buildings look like a Taco Bell, but they have gargoyles on them as well. In real Los Angeles, it almost never rains, but in goth punk Los Angeles, whenever you're sad, it does rain. Los Angeles makes an exception. You're having a rough one. I can stop being unrelentingly bright for one day. Way to be a bro, goth punk Los Angeles. Everything is dirtier. Everything is more corrupt. There's more crime. There's more death. There's more cynicism. Life is as meaningless... As as teens and 20-somethings were saying in 1991, and as a consequence, all the shit that Republicans, circa 1991, were saying was happening in the world is really happening. So, like, there are vicious thugs at the elementary school forcing your children to smoke crack at gunpoint, for sure, in the world of darkness. Satanism is like open marriages, like all of your higher-class business people, but also just some of your regular middle-aged neighbors. You wouldn't think it, but peek in their windows any given Friday night. You would be surprised. I mean, look, you got a lot of cultural messages telling you Satan is only for young people. You don't have to live like that. It's a filthy, dark, scary world bordering on self-parody. And that brings us to the setting of this adventure, Goth Punk Denver, Colorado. I'm going to read from the text now about Goth Punk Denver, Colorado, where this adventure is set. Bear in mind that this book was written well before Wikipedia, before the internet was popular. So this was the era when game books had to contain a lot of information that nowadays you would never publish in a game book because anyone could learn it by typing two words into Google. So bear with me. I'll try to make it as as goth punk as I can as I read this. Quote, Denver, the capital city of the state of Colorado, is located at the foot of the Rocky Mountains. I don't know whether you you really want to hit Rocky Mountains that hard. I I assume they're scary. There's probably werewolves up there. More on that later. Known as the Mile High City for its elevation of 5,280 feet, (laughs) which is a mile. Good job, book. Even in nineteen ninety one. You know, we own other books. You don't need to print a table of unit conversions in the back of your adventure supplement like a fucking composition book. It sits at the intersection of three major interstate highways, I-25 running north-south and I-76 and I-70 both running east-west. Jesus, three interstates. I can see why the legions of the damned want to spend their eternity here. The Denver metropolitan area includes a number of cities, all of which are positioned around the city proper and add to the sprawling urban mass. And like, I'm kidding around with the tone here, but with sprawling urban mass, you begin to see the author really is trying to like, just zhuzh this up a little bit for the goth punk crowd. In this adventure, you will feel the oppressive crush of humanity at the heart of Colorado, Denver, just barely the 20th largest city in the United States, second only to Phoenix in the Western Mountain region. Blah. It goes on to say there's a business district, there are suburbs, and that you could make a case that the Denver metro area extends another 20 miles northeast to include the city of Boulder. But look, at the point that you're reaching to include Boulder, Colorado, to make your adventure setting more exciting, just, you know, give it a rest. Quote, The population of the metro area is roughly 1.7 million, of which almost 1.2 million reside in the suburbs, leaving the city itself to the lower-income groups and businesses. Those inner city areas are beginning to suffer a great deal from gang-related activity, and gang violence, including drive-by shootings, is on the rise. Now this is a delicate topic, and we're going to kind of get into it tomorrow, because it is relevant to this adventure. I'll just say that it's true that there was a fair bit of violence in Denver around this time, but I will also say that hindsight has shown that the amount of violence in Denver was heavily overblown and responsible for the disintegration of what was once a leading model of dealing with juvenile offenders. So no doubt, like, there were gangs. People did get shot. People did get killed. The numbers were greatly inflated by people who wanted to use them to justify harsher treatment of children. Speaking of cartoonishly shitty worlds to live in, quote, Outside the metro area, one finds to the east farmland and ranches and to the west, the Rocky Mountains. This juxtaposition of the urban center with the agricultural hinterlands allows vampires who, out of necessity or preference, would rather feed on non-human blood, an ample supply available within a 20-minute drive and at low risk. Do you know why this city is such a haven of the unquiet dead? Cows. That's right, cows. There are so many cows here. The city can't help but fill up with vampires. All you gotta do is drive about 20 minutes out of town, you know, 40-minute round trip. That's not too bad. You know, it's kind of a long drive. And uh, as a vampire, you don't love to eat a cow. It's very low-quality, inefficient nutrition for the vampire metabolism. So, you know, if you're living on cows, it's like you shop for groceries every week at a 7-Eleven that's 20 minutes away from your house. It's not really any way to live, but it's an option. It's there if you want it. And this is not a throwaway thing either. We're going to get a whole page later about the practice of cow hunting among the undead of Denver. And yes, there is an illustration. Don't worry. We'll get there. But cows are not the only vestiges of nature in and around this urban hellscape. Quote, Lupines generally steer clear of the city and neighboring farmland but vampires would be well advised to stay out of the mountains when there is a moon out. Indeed, there have been several instances of werewolves rampaging through the streets of downtown during the full moon. Hold the fuck up. This is a major escalation. Denver, Colorado, three interstates, a business district. There are gangs. Oh, and did we mention that there have been several instances of full-on werewolf rampages through downtown? This almost seems like maybe the first thing you should have said. Like, right up there with Mile High City, Denver, Colorado, known as the Mile High City, being 5,280 feet above sea level. Also known as the city where wolves eat you, because wolves eat you. Now, okay, when Werewolf the Apocalypse comes out, we are going to get this mechanic called the delirium, where when, like, regular non-wizard mortal humans see a werewolf, they have this big emotional and psychological reaction to it. They You roll on a table for it. But ultimately, whatever the big reaction in the moment is, people just tend to forget that they saw werewolves. They kind of like block it out, like rewrite their memory. They, they think something else happened. They somehow rationalize whatever they experienced. Kind of like uh, if you ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's like in Sunnydale. Like from time to time people see vampires, but it just never really sticks for whatever reason. It, it never becomes a thing that people in general know about. However, even if there are sound supernatural reasons why the evening news in Denver, Colorado would not be dominated by some poor local reporter standing in front of a werewolf rampage, probably interviewing somebody from the Chamber of Commerce about it, even if whatever the rationalization is, whatever the cover-up is, whatever the the, the false memory or, or imagination of what happened here that seemed like, that looked like a werewolf rampage, whatever that is, that's going to be on the fucking news. That is a story. So this is a major addition to goth punk Denver, Colorado our first big, big divergence point. It's a little more violent, it's maybe a little more populous, more urban, and sometimes downtown is full of werewolves. Now there's no way to top that in terms of goth punkiness, nor is there any need to, that's enough. If you got werewolf parades through downtown, you're goth punk enough for me. What we don't have though, is a really good reason for a lot of vampires to spend their immortal existence here. You know, werewolves are a reason to leave, werewolves don't like vampires. We need a reason for them to stay, despite the occasional werewolf outbreaks, and cows aren't going to cut it. We need something in the city to interest vampires, which this entry will go on to try to provide us, despite the fact that this adventure is set in Denver. I mean, goth-punk Denver, but still Denver. It says, for example, that there are several state universities, there are campuses of the University of Colorado in Denver and Boulder, and, quote, private universities are also present in abundance and include the University of Denver and the Colorado School of Mines. Located in nearby Golden. Now I grant you, it's a vampire campaign. You can definitely have some poignant shit go down in the city of Golden. That's extremely on the nose. It's very gothic. Maybe Ponyboy moved here after he got turned into a vampire. The S.E. verse actually fits oddly well into the world of darkness, but that's a topic for another time. I'll give you that you can do some symbolic shit in the city of Golden. What I don't think is going to attract a lot of vampires is the Colorado School of Mines. Not really a major area of vampire interest. The author may have been thinking about dwarves here. It's an easy mistake to make. Live a long time, harsh exterior, heart of gold. Divided into clans, mostly hang out in the dark. Often have an accent, but which one is totally random. So there's some overlap. But it's okay, it's okay. If you are not an especially dwarf-like vampire, minds are not for you. Consider everything else that Denver has to offer to the undead. Quote, Although not a cutting-edge arts leader. <laughs> no shit. No shit, author. It's a very gentle way to put it. There, there is some kindness yet in this goth-punk world. Although not a cutting-edge arts leader, Denver has a thriving theatrical community, and the Denver Center for the Performing Arts, the DCPA, is a regular stop for touring shows. Mmm, perfect place for a vampire to spend the 90s. After millennia of immersing herself in the teeming river of human art, she was there in Athens, in Byzantium, in Baghdad, in Florence, in Paris, and now at last. In Denver, Colorado. Not a cutting-edge arts leader, but when people travel the country with a touring show of all the cities they stop at, this is one of them. The city is also home to the Denver Broncos football team and their Mile High Stadium. Uh, No information here about how many feet above sea level it is. It's a major oversight, but we can let it slide. Uh, What if the 1991 Denver Broncos do not rekindle the passion within your dead heart? Well, do you like music? All right, great. Do you have low expectations? Perfect. Quote, The local music scene is small and of varying quality, although one can easily find live, original music every night of the week in the numerous bars and clubs. In the goth punk sprawl of Denver, Colorado, there are bars, and in those bars, there are bands, local bands, and they're fine. Fuck, sign me up. Sign. Me. Let me put down some roots, develop a taste for cow blood, and get ready to watch the centuries roll by in beautiful goth punk Denver, Colorado, where adequate bands play every night of the week in adequate bars, and every once in a while there's a play. So, okay, we got the younger crowd covered. If there's one thing young vampires love your young bruja, your young anarchs. They love going to bars where they can't drink the alcohol and listening to bands of indifferent quality. But what if you're into high culture? Quote Denver also has many museums, though the largest are the Denver Art Museum and the Museum of Natural History. The latter is located in Denver's largest city park, which it shares with the Denver Zoo. This is a great time to visit the Denver Zoo, if you're an undead animal lover, because the Bear Mountain exhibit, uh, which was deteriorating and no longer up to uh, federal zoo standards in the real world, so God only knows what condition it's in in the world of fucking darkness, has, has ceased to have polar bears in it. Because number one, it's illegal, and number two, it's horrible. So you can go to Bear Mountain and see grizzly bears? and uh, Mundis. That's kind of fun. I keep you entertained. You know, the recommendation per the website is you spend about one to three hours at the Denver Zoo, but, you know, you can stretch that for a few decades. But again, 1991 really is the best time for it because they've gotten rid of the the polar bears who did not belong in Bear Mountain, but they have not yet been blessed with the polar bear cubs Klondike and Snow, uh, which they will be in 1994. Uh, Theirs is an unfortunate story that I will lock it into here. But I'll just say that according to the Denver Zoo's Wikipedia page, eventually one polar bear was transferred from Orlando, Florida to Tucson, Arizona, where it, quote, died unexpectedly. I don't think you're allowed to say (laughs) that a polar bear died unexpectedly in Tucson, Arizona. I mean, you could have called me if nothing else, and I would have told you. Expect it. So anyway, yeah, 1991, great time to visit the Denver Zoo between horrific polar bear scenarios. But there's one more attraction on this page. And this, if I have to pick one thing on a micro level, because the dumbest thing macro on this page is the fact that this adventure is set in Denver, Colorado, which is just like to introduce new players to what the goth punk world of vampire is. Why the hell would you pick Denver, Colorado? But on a micro level, to illustrate why that macro thing is dumb, the dumbest thing is the last attraction that is offered to us as like, here's a thing you might want your vampires to do in Denver. Quote. The Museum of Natural History has a planetarium as well. And on most nights, laser light shows set to rock music draw fans from throughout the metro area. Fuck, now I get it. Now I see. Now I see why this place is full of cool, hip, dangerous goth punk vampires. The planetarium. The planetarium. The planetarium where you can go most nights of the week to see a laser light show set to rock music that draws fans from throughout the region. Self-described, presumably. Self-described fans. People who, meeting someone for the first time at a party or on a date, they're like, so what are you into? And before the person can even get it out of their mouth, like, what are you? Laser light show set to rock music. Two or three nights a week, my whole family, we load in the van, we drive to Denver, and we watch the laser light show at the planetarium at the Museum of Natural History set to rock music. Not until you sit back in a dark planetarium and marvel at the dazzling pattern of laser lights as encircling speakers immerse you in the sound Of the B-52's Rome, that you will realize I must partake of this experience, nay, not once, but a hundred times. I can only thank generous fate that I live in the immediate vicinity of Denver, Colorado, which, while not a cutting-edge arts leader, does have a kick-ass planetarium where I can listen to early 90s rock most nights of the week. Here's the thing: the author of this book, it was beyond his power to stop Denver, Colorado from having a planetarium, or to stop it from having a laser light show. I mean, he could have done something, but realistically, like that this is beyond his control. Number 1, didn't have to set the adventure in Denver, but number 2, you don't need to bring up everything in Denver, right? I mean, he and he didn't. He only brought up the features that maybe would be useful for gaming, that maybe would be relevant to vampire characters in a vampire plot or vampire campaign, or features that kind of did some world building on goth punk Denver. But imagine the sad sack ass vampire Seeking whom he may devour in the fucking planetarium. Like the iconic opening of that vampire movie, The Hunger, where Susan Sarandon is hotter than you think she's going to be. The iconic opening where the two vampires go hunting for prey at the goth club, looking all cool, and they find this couple to take home with them while Bauhaus is performing Bella Lugosi's Dead in the background. Like, imagine that scene, only it's the planetarium, and it's fucking Eddie Money in the background, or ZZ Top, and your low-rent vampire player character. Slumming it in the planetarium in Denver, Colorado in their fucking puffer jacket, sidles up to a laser light show aficionado, and says seductively in their ear, just loud enough to be heard over the music, You know, I've got this song on cassette at home. Jesus. Imagine meeting your clan elder at the fucking planetarium. Imagine that Elysium is at the planetarium. Imagine trying to do like a a blood-soaked, violent, gritty action scene at the goddamn planetarium. Vampire games are not set in the real world. They are set in the world of darkness. They are set in the goth punk version of wherever the hell we are. And there are places from the real world that we know exist in the world of darkness, but we just don't need to bring it up because we're kind of going for a vibe here. And I would argue that the planetarium is one of those places. Although I will say, moving forward, we're going to find that the vampires of Denver, Colorado, uh, listen, they're not cutting edge leaders in sexy goth punk aesthetics. Uh, there, There may be some laser light show aficionados. Among the ranks of the undead, here amid the dark beauty of Denver. Speaking of vampires in Denver, join me tomorrow when we turn from the daylit mortal city of Denver to the nocturnal realm of undead Denver, inhabited by way, way, way too many vampires on MDC The Mega Dumbcast. This has been Mega Dumbcast. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com megadumcast Social media was never healthy and is now dying, so if you want to contact me, you can email me. I am megadumbcast at gmail.com. This season's theme song is Suck City by Black Math, whose work you can find at freemusicarchive.org music slash black underscore math. Dumbheads, I will catch you next time.